Hello, and welcome to Registered the Podcast, where we highlight some of the incredible minds entering the healthcare profession in the midst of a global pandemic. Whether you work in healthcare or not, we come here to find stories of some incredible young people tackling tremendous challenges head on. Here, we laugh, we cry, we're scared, we're honest. My name is Kelsey, and I'm a NICU nurse, looking forward to introducing you to some of the truly incredible individuals I've met in the healthcare world. Hey guys! So I am so excited to bring you part one of a special two-part episode with Mary, who is a new graduate night shift COVID nurse. Um, She is such an incredibly compassionate, optimistic, kind person. And our conversation was so honest, honestly uplifting, um, and also really informative that we ended up actually talking for two hours. And I went back to try to cut the conversation into one episode, but I was just listening to her talk and I was like, you know what? I want everyone to hear all the amazing things that I got to hear. So I broke this conversation up into two separate episodes. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. This week, the episode that I'm releasing, we're going to talk about her experience as a nursing student finishing nursing school during COVID and then kind of feeling unprepared as she entered the clinical setting while her clinicals in nursing school were changed due to the pandemic. Um, We also talk a little bit about ADNs versus BSNs. Um, And finally, we get into a little bit of her experience um, coming off of orientation. She had a really crazy night. It was her first time taking care of a COVID patient very early on. And she told a really wonderful story about that. Um, For nursing students or newly licensed nurses who are like now listening to this podcast as kind of a way to picture themselves and trying to enter the profession. Um, This podcast is going to provide a lot of great insight for you about the early stages of that transition from student to RN and how the pandemic might impact that and what that transition might look like for you now. Um, But really for anyone, I think you all will enjoy getting to know Mary. She is just an absolutely wonderful human to talk to. Um, And stay tuned for next week where I'll be releasing part two. Um, And that episode, we get into the real deal of what it's been like for Mary day to day to be a 22-year-old COVID nurse and um, the physical and emotional Um, impacts of this experience on her lifestyle and on her outlook. Um, Yeah, so let's get into it. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did because I loved it a ton. Hey, Mary, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Kelsey? Good. How was your sleep? I know you worked last night, right? (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) to be honest, I, I just got up not too long ago, so um, it was a good sleep, but I'm still kind of waking up. <laughs> and it's like four o'clock for you, right? You're in Seattle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So over here. When you finish, is that, are you like finishing a stretch? You're not going back to work tonight, right? Oh, no, thankfully not. Yeah, I just finished night three out of three. But this week was kind of weird because I worked three in a row and then I was off for two two days. 
and then I work another three so I feel like my whole week just kind of blended together oh my gosh I hate being off for two days I would rather be off for one day like that's my I never know like one day I'm just like okay I'm gonna sleep in until like I don't know like five or whenever I wake up and then I'll live like a day at night I'll do, I call it like a day night like I just do a day night and then I'll go to bed in like the early morning hours like six o'clock seven o'clock in the morning then just like try to sleep through the day and that yeah. is okay for me but then when I have two days off I always like hate myself because I'm like <laughs> okay I want to like try to see some sunlight like maybe I can like go like half seas the last time I had two it was like last week um and I slept like 10 30 and I woke myself up at 2 30 and then I was like exhausted and a zombie for a little while and then at midnight I was like okay I'm gonna have a full sleep and then (laughs) wake up in like the mid-morning hours but instead my body woke me up at 4 a.m oh my gosh (laughs) yeah it's definitely definitely tricky because I feel like you want to make the most of your daytime So for me, I try to wake up early on my first day off, but that means I usually only get like five hours of sleep. Um, But I like also want to see the sunlight and be able to be productive throughout the day. So it's a give and take. (laughs) Yeah, well, you seem to be sounding like pretty awake right now, which is good. Um, So I'm just gonna get into a quickie introduction for the audience. Um, Tell me about yourself, um, where you are, what you do. Yeah, um, so my name is Mary. I am a new grad nurse. I graduated from an ADN program in June, and then I started working as a nurse at the end of August. Um, I'm located in Seattle, Washington, and currently I work at a PCU unit, but it recently got transferred into a COVID designated unit. So we've been taking care of COVID patients ever since I technically started working by myself. Wow, well, (laughs) thank you. Um, But also, how old are you? I'm 22. Oh my goodness, I'm 24. I I can't imagine. I was like talking to one of my coworkers about this. Like I cannot imagine being a COVID nurse right now. Yeah, I mean, I I also had a recent talk with one a, a nurse who was floating to our unit, and he had mentioned how it's definitely not normal for nursing to be like this. And so I explained how for me this is the only normal setting that I've ever worked in, um, which has been really difficult because. Of course, COVID is one thing, but also like the patients I take care of are a lot more fragile and there's definitely a lot more um, suffering and a lot more death that I've seen in the past couple months that I've worked um, in comparison to what nurses would usually like experience in a span of years. Um, So that's been a, a transition in itself. Wow. Okay, there's, like, so many different things I, like, am jumping to ask you about and, like, point out and, like, talk to you about, like, right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I think first I'm just going to start off with, like, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> but before we get into all of the COVID nursing, I want to talk a little bit more about you and get to know you a little bit more. So tell me about, like, your upbringing and then what led you into nursing? 
Yeah, um, so I was born in the Philippines and my grandparents actually raised me for the most part because my mom was here in the US when I was little. Um, and when I was in middle school, I finally moved here. And unfortunately, around that same time, my grandpa um, was diagnosed with end-stage renal failure. Um, and I think just kind of going through the motions of seeing him in pain and being far away, um, I already felt super helpless not being able to do anything. And then for me to be able to hear and see how he's doing from you know, millions of miles away was even worse. Um, but what really kind of gave me comfort was, you know, hearing the updates from the nurses usually um, and how my grandpa would tell me that, you know, they would actually take the time to um, not only make sure he was okay, like physically, but how that they were talking to him and making sure that he was comfortable. Um, and I think that really had a huge influence in me trying to um, go down <laughs> this career path. And of course, it's also really common for a lot of Filipina daughters to go into nursing. Um, and initially, I was super against it because I wanted to go against the grain. I didn't want to, you know, be another <laughs> Filipina daughter who went into nursing. Um, but I think it was that experience and that interaction that really kind of made me think about it differently. And then the more I kind of went through high school and started thinking about what I really wanted to do in life, um, one huge thing that I grew up with was um, being able to give back to my community. I did a ton of community service when I was little and when I was in high school. And so um, I figured that finding a career that let me do that would be like the perfect kind of pathway. And here I am <laughs> as a nurse. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. And I'm so sorry about your grandpa. Um so you never ended up visiting him in the hospital. I visited him. I went back home once um, during Christmas, and that was when he was um, basically given the prognosis that he would only have a few more months. And so that was the one time I got to visit him at the hospital, and then he was discharged home. And we thought he was only going to be uh, alive for like maybe a couple more weeks up to a month because we were considering like the home like the comfort care hospice um, option but thankfully like he was able to um, spend uh, I think it was like two and a half ish months kind of just with family and um, get kind of everyone have give everyone the, the chance to say their bye goodbyes and uh, make sure he was comfortable. Aww. I'm so glad. And I think that's really interesting, too, that your first experience with interacting with nurses was interacting with them while your grandfather was in the final stages of his life, because there's like a lot of types of nursing, you know, mm -hmm. um, and not all nurses deal with patients who are approaching the time when they pass away. Um, but that was really your first experience with nursing at all was seeing that happen with your grandfather. Um, do you think that kind of impacted how, like what you thought nursing was like as a career and then later, like how you saw yourself fitting into the nursing world? I would say it definitely did because um, kind of just hearing it from, you know, the patient perspective initially it made me think that oh wow like nurses really do care past like 
just giving the medication or doing the motions of whatever their task is. And I think that's what really pushed me over is that I didn't want to find a job where I was, you know, checking off boxes, following, you know, a set routine. I wanted something to be a little bit more personable, um, a little more um, like a chance for me to kind of build rapport and be able to really help in some capacity past just giving medications or doing interventions. Oh, that's so wonderful. I bet your patients probably feel that way about you. Like they just, <laughs> they love seeing having you as a nurse, or at least I would. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. So after you finished high school, you went straight into an ADN program? Yeah, I went, I actually did uh, two years of prerequisites at a community college which happened to also offer that same, that ADN program that I went into. So then after my prerequisites, I got straight into nursing school and that took about two years. Um, and then I graduated with my ADN four years later. So I did, after high school, I did a four-year BSN. Um, nice. <laughs> thanks. I mean, like, <laughs> I've talked about this with a number of people because like, I think there's a big movement for nurses to have BSNs and Mm -hmm. I understand why but also coming into my first job with my BSN it did not make me any better of a nurse than anyone coming into their job with an ADN like I and looking at the other nurses who didn't have BSNs but had more experience than me I was just like you're a better nurse than I am right now Mm -hmm. because I don't really know what I'm doing Um, so it's not, I don't know, like, yeah, nice. But also I more just wanted to ask about what the ADN experience is like, because I didn't have that. And also just to get your perspective, what you think about like ADN versus BSN and why you decided to go run one route compared to another. Yeah. A great question. I also definitely had um, a little bit of a time before I actually applied to this ADN program to like kind of think about what uh, I don't want to use the word consequences, but I can't no other word is coming to me right now like what I, I feared about going into an ADN program instead of a BSN program and really part of the majority of the reason why I ended up going through an ADN program was out of convenience, I would almost say um, <laughs> this community college was super close to where I lived and Um, Just financially speaking, it was the more practical and more, I would say, like financially responsible route. Um, And so for me, those two were the major hitters. And as I went through this ADN program, I did not feel one bit like I was, you know, losing out on the money that I was spending, nor was I like getting skimmed it out on whatever um, education that they were giving. Like I felt really prepared to take my NCLEX and Um, My clinicals were great. I felt really supported by my my instructors. Um, And I think the the biggest difference is that in an ADN program, we don't necessarily get to touch on the more like leadership and um, that kind of concept, like community and um, things that you would kind of get a more well-rounded like knowledge of in a BSN program. And so 
even though that's still something I definitely want to learn about. And actually right now I just started an RN to BSN program um, oh, awesome. through a university because I do definitely want to get my bachelor's. It's just that it kind of, for my pathway, it worked out a lot better for me to go through an ABN program and then kind of get my feet wet start while working. And then I started my BSN program about like three months later. So in a way, it was a little hectic at first, but now I feel like, okay, like I feel like I, I made the right decision. And for me, it, it worked out better because I feel like I can um, kind of put what I learned in my BSN program into practice as I go to work, um, which is like the best way for me to learn, I would say. Like I'm definitely a hands-on person. I try to do the same thing through repetition. And um, so that's been my experience. Um, and then as far as like the hospital that I work at, they definitely urge you, push you to get your bachelor's. And when I signed for my residency contract, they actually included that in the, um, in the contract is that I would need to get my bachelor's within five years. Um, and I didn't think that was a problem at all. I mean, I think that five years is <laughs> more than enough time for me to get yeah. that. Um, and I figured that, you know, might as well just jump back right into the, school school train while I'm still kind of fresh into it instead of holding it off yeah and I mean a lot of workplaces do also like help pay for a BSN too so like if it if you're already if it makes sense for you to just get your ADN and then get help paying for the BSN like you know that totally makes sense um and I also like really see your point about it making more sense when you're actually like learning it hands-on too um now, I don't mean to, like, discourage, like, anyone who may be a nursing student listening to this from getting a BSN. I totally, I'm so happy that I got my BSN. Um, I think I really built up a really strong network from it. Um, and I also really got to see a lot of, like, opportunities for, like, exactly what you were talking about. Like, how to be a leader in nursing and, like, different ways my career could go and how I could go. I'm not sure if I would have thought to be networking in the way that I am and like creating a podcast like this if I hadn't done the more expansive like four-year program that had like classes about like leadership and about media um, and about things that weren't just straight like bedside nursing. Um, but like, yeah, I'm, I think that both options are really great options when you're starting out to be a nurse. Um, and I'm excited for you to continue and like, you know, continue with getting your BSN. Um, <laughs> tell me yeah, a I, little bit about what your nursing school experience was like, and also like how you studied for the NCLEX and found your job. Yeah, um, so nursing school for me was really rough at the beginning. Um, it's a two-year program and it went by each quarter. Um, my first quarter was absolutely horrible. I um, worried about failing out of my program literally like every week after my exams. Um, and the main reason was because I'm sure everyone has heard of this or will come to find out that nursing school exams are nothing like any other exam. It, um, you basically have to learn how to take, how to read, how to take, how to answer questions um, in a way that, you know, applies in nursing school. And I think for me, that was a really um big challenge um, but thankfully my cohort and I got really close and we kind of, we really helped support each other 
Um, and I really leaned on my instructors a lot. And so I felt incredibly supported through them. And after that huge bump in first quarter, I was able to kind of just keep chugging along and make the rest of school um, as fun as it can be, I guess. Um, and then as far as um, studying for the NCLEX, I like to be overly prepared. And so I actually made like a three month study plan. Um, I started studying. <laughs> I started studying um, during my last quarter of nursing school as we were starting to review things for the NCLEX. So that really aligned really well. And I highly recommend that for anybody who is probably like in their final quarter. Um, just really take note of like what your instructor likes to highlight and um, review because a lot of those things tend to pop up in the NCLEX um, or as us maybe like it's more so how to take it, I guess, like a review on your, your uh, test taking skills and how to read questions. Um, and then I also have like used a lot of resources. I used my um, Saunders review book and I used the UWorld online um, qu question banks. And I feel like those did a really good job preparing me for what it was going to be like. Um, I actually even tried mocking how it would be like during the NCLEX in sitting in front of a computer with a mask on. So I did a couple of those <laughs> like ex mock exams at home. And I think just like getting myself like mentally prepared because it's such a nerve wracking test. And I feel like you just keep thinking about it and your anxiety keeps going up. And the best thing that you can really do is just make yourself as prepared as you can. And then the day prior to not do anything and give your brain a break. So that's that was my experience preparing for it. And um, on the day of my NCLEX, I feel like everything kind of flew by, like the whole day just whizzed past me. And I the next thing I knew, I was like done with it. I went to the bathroom. And I was like, wow, I just took the most important test of my life. So definitely just make a plan. Try to um, stick to your routine and do your best to prepare yourself but also take time to rest, rest your mind, rest your body um, and reward yourself for being so hardworking. Honestly, like listening to that, I kept thinking like those are great tips for actually just like working as a nurse too. Like <laughs> if you just replace the NCLEX with like your shift, like I, I relate to all of that. Like I sometimes get really stressed out before my shift Sometimes I do really weird stuff. If I know that there's like a skill that I just learned that I want to practice, I'll like be like, okay, I'm going to pretend this doll is a baby right now. And like <laughs> I'm doing X, Y, Z. Sometimes I forget to give myself rest because I'm thinking too much about work. Like all of that can apply to the real world too. Um, so I love that. Um, yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about finding your job and how you chose your job. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that question. No, you're good. I asked three <laughs> different questions in one question. Um, so no worries. <laughs> yeah. Um, so while during my final year of nursing school, I actually got a job as CNA at the current hospital that I work as a nurse at. And the main reason for that is I really wanted to get my foot in the door um, and essentially like network with, you know, the nurses there. Um, my supervisor, anyone really at the hospital that I can, you know, pick their brains at and kind of get an in. Um, and so when I was applying during my last quarter of nursing school, I was able to basically do like an internal hire, which I think they 
<clears throat> take more into consideration since you're already an employee there. And a lot of hospitals like to invest within their employees already. Um, so that was really great. And I felt like the whole process was pretty um, straightforward. Like I applied and they got back to me like fairly quickly. And I don't know if that was because they were going through applications like crazy or if it was because I was an internal hire, but I was able to get an interview pretty quickly. And then shortly, like, I believe it was like maybe a day after the interview, they basically offered me the position. Um, so everything happened super quickly. And I feel like for anyone who's never worked a full-time job before, this moment is kind of surreal to you. It's hard to grasp that you're about to, you know, take a step into adulthood and have a full-time job with a contract. Um, so that took a little bit of time for me to kind of absorb. What do you mean by that? Um, I feel like when I got offered the position, of course, I accepted it. But also, I had to, like, talk to my parents and to my uh, my friends about how I don't feel like it's quite real. Like, I don't, I couldn't really see myself working like, you know, 40 hour weeks, because this whole time I've just been a student. That's all I've always done. And I've always prioritized school first. Of course, I've had like part-time jobs, but I have always put school in front of work or anything. And so for me to essentially like graduate and kind of move forward into the next step, which is starting a job, um, that was really intimidating and I felt almost scared to commit because I wasn't sure on what I would be missing out on. Um, but just hearing a lot about what um, the unit I was going to be working at was really helpful. Oh, and I forgot to mention a really important uh, tidbit. Um, during my fifth quarter clinicals, I actually got to do my clinicals on the unit that I currently work on right now. Um, and so I think just having that experience and kind of knowing what to expect in a way helped me understand like, okay, this is what I can at least, you know, like expect to see on this floor, a really diverse patient population, a really good teamwork um, and really supportive like management. Like that's what I kept hearing from all the nurses that I were, was talking to. Um, and so after talking to uh, the manager who offered me the position. And she asked me like, what questions I had for her. And I basically just asked like, how would you say the unit works like as a team? Like, how would you say like the environment is? Because it's one thing to have, you know, like a, a difficult floor because of the patient population, but it's also another thing to have a difficult floor and not have the support from, you know, your coworkers and from staff there. Um, and I think she just really, um, validated my my concerns about that but also reassured me in saying that um my floor has a really good teamwork and everyone really does to, does their best to help each other out because it's a floor where if you were to just you know do things on your own and not lean on other people nor will or if you don't like offer help it's really easy to drown and get overwhelmed and get burned out incredibly fast so in, in my short time there, I've definitely seen that the really good team dynamics and um, just feeling supportive overall. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think um, it was also really helpful that you got to see firsthand what your unit was like. Um, what What's the timeline that we were talking? Like when you were, were you doing your clinicals first and then you got hired as a CNA and then 
from there you got hired? Oh, yeah. So I got hired as a CNA after my first year of nursing school. So that was after my third quarter. And then I got to do my clinicals on this floor during my fifth quarter. So I was already working as a CNA, um, but not on this floor. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. I was working as a CNA on the hospital on the surgical floor. Um, so just to get like more hands-on experience in patient care. And then I got to do my clinicals on my PCU floor um, during fifth quarter for about, I think it was like two months, two to three months. Um, and then I did not get to have my senior practicum, which was a huge drawback. But and all I really relied on was my experience that I got to do in fifth quarter. And then when I got hired um, in the tail end of my sixth quarter of nursing school, that's when I basically just kind of asked those same questions to help refresh my experience and make sure that, you know, I still had a somewhat good understanding of what I was getting myself into. Oh, okay. So you, it sounds like your senior practicum was canceled, I'm assuming because of COVID? Yes. So tell me a little bit about what the pandemic at the start was like for you to be in nursing school at the time. Oh, it was really, um, (laughs) it definitely shook things around. I feel like the pandemic started getting more um, serious or was seen more serious towards the beginning of my sixth quarter, which really sucks because sixth quarter is so important and that you get, you know, your senior practicum on a floor that you'd love to work on. Um, You get uh, more reviews on how to prepare for your NCLEX and just basically wrap up everything that you've learned in nursing school. And I feel like because of COVID, we couldn't meet in person and everything was moved online. All our lectures and um, discussions were over Zoom, which worked great, but also it just it was missing that extra, you know, social component of being really able to be in a classroom and talk to your, um, to your cohort about your experiences or talk to your instructor face-to-face. And then as far as what replaced our clinicals, we unfortunately had to do virtual simulations online, which I always described was like playing the game Sims, except for it wasn't as fun because you're basically just, clicking through things and going through the motion. And it was really easy to basically like kind of turn your mind off and click the different buttons to just get through whatever module you had to get through. And of course, sitting in front of the computer for like hours on end was not fun. And it just made, I feel like the whole experience less interactive and less of a learning lesson, I would say. Um, but the biggest thing was just missing out on that hands-on experience on the floor and being able to really um, kind of have a pre-orientation to even starting working as a nurse. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I bet. Um, did that make you feel any more nervous going into your first job? Oh, my gosh, definitely. I um, I remember talking to my preceptor, and I told her, on my first day on the floor, I told her that the last time I stepped foot on an actual floor to do anything nursing related was like six months ago. And so I felt super rusty. And even though I worked as a CNA on a different floor up to that point, it was still uh, really different to be able to like, you know, give medications out and assess patients and be able to like communicate with them in a different way from a nursing you know, perspective. And so all those things kind of 
were they were really rusty and I had to basically um, relearn them during my orientation period. Um, and I, every time I would meet with my nursing supervisor to check in, I kept expressing to her my fears and my concerns about how I feel like I'm not as prepared as, you know, normal new, new grads would be because I've missed out on um, my clinical experience during my last quarter. And just having so much anxiety of forgetting things and messing up, which I feel like looking back on now, anybody can really have, you know, anybody can easily miss things or, you know, make a mistake. It's about just like learning from those mistakes and um, learning from your experiences. But I feel like as a new person, your number one fear is messing up because you don't want to hurt anybody, nor do you want to, you know, disappoint anybody. And so I ended up asking for a one week extension on my orientation just for that extra support. And I'm glad that I did that because I definitely feel like it helped me build my confidence up and helped make transition into working independently a little bit easier. Oh my gosh, I relate so much to everything you just said. Um, I've shared little bits of my story throughout the past um, few episodes that we've recorded. So this might be a repeat for people who've been listening throughout. Um, but my own path was I did my four-year BSN, but it was actually a dual degree bachelor's program. So I got my bachelor's in nursing, but I also got a bachelor's of science in economics. And because of all of the requirements for that program, I was not able to finish both degrees in four years. So I finished my nursing degree in May 2019. And then I had to stay on for an extra semester of just like electives and a few business requirements that finished in December 2019. I didn't even start my first job until like March 2020. So I like, I don't even know, I was like seven, eight months out of practice by the time I got to work. And I felt that same anxiety too. Um, but looking back though, I actually, and you can tell me if you disagree, but I feel like I was kind of wrong in feeling like that because nursing school, even with clinicals, is so different from actually being a nurse that unless maybe I would have had felt a little less rusty if I had had more experience on the unit that I started working on while I was in nursing school. But like the responsibilities and the job and everything you do as a nurse is just so different from what you do in a clinical setting, especially if you're on like a specialty unit or the unit you're on in clinical is not the unit that you're on in your job, that almost looking back, I don't even know if it would have made that much of a difference if I had started like right after nursing school. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, I think that just that feeling of, you know, nervousness is so natural when you're new, when you're doing something for the first time. And I think that, um, I actually love what you did about just focusing in on doing school and then jumping into nursing because I would say that it's you can always start working at any time, but you will never have that time to like set aside and prioritize whatever it is that you want to do ahead of time. Um, one of my friends, she really she was a little nervous about starting uh starting to work as a nurse a little bit later than me. And I told her like, it's totally fine for you to, you know, take this extra month and go on a vacation or, you know, do what you need to do and get it done and get yourself well rested and 
kind of like just mentally, physically, and emotionally prepared because once you start working as a nurse, you're always going to be able to work as a nurse. And you're always, I feel like, going to hold on to that feeling of, you know, like a little bit of uh, anxiety and nervousness because that's what makes you human. And a lot of my coworkers have definitely told me the same way. Like it's that same feeling that helps keep you a safe nurse because you're always so aware of what you're doing or you're aware of how things work for you and how you're able to, uh, you know, provide care in a sense. And so I definitely think it's totally fine to hold off on, on starting practice later. And I think either way, if you were to start working right after graduation, or if you were to wait a little bit, you would still have that same experience, unless you like what you said, that you are already oriented to the floor because you work there, or you have, you know, prior experience somewhere else that was really, really similar, you could kind of relate to that. But in the grand scheme of things, nursing in itself is so unique. And the things you do, even though there are things you do that is kind of routine, it still varies per shift. And so you're always going to have to stay on your toes and always, you know, think three steps ahead to make sure that you're make you're doing all the right things, but also um, just giving yourself some grace that there's, you can't always know what to do. And there, that's why you have your coworkers to lean on. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, I've recently had like a, some moments that made me question my confidence in my job because I am not the most experienced nurse on my unit by far. Um, And looking back, the thing that I told myself that I'm going to continue to tell myself so that I feel okay is that, no, I'm not the most experienced nurse on my unit. I have not seen everything but I'm a great nurse for you to have because I know that I'm not the most experienced nurse. And because I do have that little bit of anxiety, because I'm always going to be going double checking my work. If there's something I haven't seen before, I'm not afraid to go ask a question because I know that I'm new and I might not know the answer. So I need help. So I'm not afraid to reach out for help. I'm going to be double checking on my patients, double checking on my charting, just double checking on everything. Um, And that's going to make me a better nurse right now. And so my newness is almost like a strength. For me, yes, I love this. That's exactly exactly. You are preaching to the choir, <laughs> and I feel like a lot of new new nurses need to hear this because, of course, a lot of people have talked about the struggles of being a new grad, but I feel like we need to talk about it in a way where like you are new and you are like a fresh set of eyes. And for me, like one experience that my coworkers have really like leaned on me on is like knowing how to like how to navigate like the computer system because I just got um, like trained on it in, during residency or knowing some of the knowing the policies that maybe that they don't get to see often because I just learned it during orientation and I feel like you you really bring something to the table even though you don't know it and if you do struggle kind of like what you said like you are always aware and you want to double check things and you want to make sure you did it right and you know, to not be shy about asking for help and making sure you get a set, second set of eyes to on something that you feel nervous about. Like that in itself is perfect. Like that's how you can be a good nurse because you're trying your best to make sure that, you know, you've done, you've done your due diligence in, you know, what you can do from your, um, your end. And now you're trying to just ask for help 
to help you make sure that that was fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I do think there's some benefits to being from our generation and being younger people entering nursing right now. Like in my job, um, I've had some younger moms. I'm a NICU nurse and I've had some younger moms with babies and I feel like I can kind of like they vibe with me a little bit more mm -hmm. because it's a little bit less like their mom is telling them something like I'm like, you know, from the same generation as them, I'm kind of able to, you know, get on their level a little bit more sometimes. Um, but I want to keep talking about you and your journey. Um, and one question I had that I haven't asked yet is about how you picked your unit and what it's like to work on a PCU, because there's some people who enter nursing school and they know from the start, I want to be a cardiac nurse or I want to be an oncology nurse um but PCU honestly you could actually give me like a little refresher about what goes on mm -hmm. in the PCU is that the same as a step-down unit I like I'm from the NICU so the adult world mm -hmm. a little bit oh. <laughs> far off for me yeah it, I would definitely say it's uh, a step-down unit um so PCU is progressive care uh, unit for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and essentially it is like the jack of all trades of nursing. Um, you get patients from all different populations, um, whether they're um, like a cardiac patient who isn't quite sick enough to be on a cardiac floor or an ICU patient who isn't sick enough to be an ICU floor. You literally get everything. And I think the main reason why I chose this unit is one, because I got to see the patient population there and I wanted to um, really kind of experience a little bit of everything. I think during and while I was in nursing school, I had my eyes set on, you know, going into critical care and like emergency nursing. But I think to, when I approached the my graduation, I was a little bit hesitant on going straight that route because I wasn't sure if I would essentially like it. Um, I, I was thinking like, maybe I, I like the idea of it, but what if I actually don't like the work in itself? And so I figured um, I wanted to start a unit that kind of um, cared for a little bit of everything. And that's exactly what a, the progressive care does. Um, our quote unquote normal population varies every day. Um, and I think that ever since COVID started, that's definitely changed my lenses as to what the PCU unit is. And I feel like it's moved away from that. Um, but during my short time, while it was still the PCU, it was, um, yeah, like I didn't really know what to expect every time I came to work. I would have either like a COPD patient exacerbation or a CHF exacerbation patient. It really did vary. And it was, it was really fun to kind of like come to work and see what you got, but also sometimes you would get pretty sick patients and you just felt like you, you feel like your patient needs a little bit more care, but they're not quite sick enough to where the other units will take them. And you're just doing your best to keep them comfortable and fix, you know, fix all the little things that you can on your end. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually a really great transition um, because I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about what your orientation was like. Yeah, um, my orientation was 12 weeks, or sorry, 11 weeks long. Um, the first two weeks, or the first week was doing all of the 
paperwork and computer things. <laughs> and then at the end of the first week, I finally got to do one shadow day with my preceptor. And that was my first day back on the floor, being able to do like quote unquote nursing stuff uh, ever since six months ago when I did my last clinical. Um, so that day was really, I was super nervous for that day, but it really helped kind of ease my anxiety because I got to see how nurses work. And I think for me, I like to see one do it and then I like to do it after. Um, and so having that shy day was great. After that, um, I basically worked two, uh, three days on the floor with one day for a class um, online for our residency. And that basically just kept repeating itself each week. And um, each week they started you out with one patient and then they would increase your patient load um, as the weeks gone by and your preceptor kind of slowly let let your let the reins go a little bit and let you do your own thing and work more independently while still being there to support you and I think that was a really great way to you know ease into it um, I I ended up asking for that one week extension which is why it turned into 11 weeks because typically it's just an, a 10 week long residency which in my opinion is very like short and so having that extra week to kind of just um go through the motions one more time and be more independent and basically just have my preceptor there as a body that i can ask for you know like small smaller things that or like more important questions that i don't know was really helpful and then after that 11th week they just started you on the floor by yourself and that was super scary but you you get through it and you survive <laughs> yeah what was so did you have like one preceptor and were you your nights now were you orienting also on nights like the whole thing was just nights oh um I started orienting on days so I oriented on days for like six weeks um or seven weeks it was like the majority of the orientation process and during that time I had two preceptors. Um, they try to keep you the same nurse as a preceptor because it helps build rapport. Um, and I think that was really helpful. But then once I got transitioned to nights, I had uh, one main preceptor and then one nurse who kind of uh, precepted me like for a couple nights because my main preceptor was sick. And so overall, it was three nights in the during night shift and seven weeks during day shift. Okay. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced during your orientation? And what, what do you think, like, looking back, you learned and like, what has helped you? What would you tell yourself? I think the biggest struggle that I definitely faced was just being so scared all the time. Um, I always asked my preceptor to like, double check what I'm doing or um, whenever I like hang an IV med to have them come in after I get it running to make sure I did it correctly um, or just to make sure like that I wasn't messing up something and I think just having that constant fear really weighed me down like my my confidence in being able to like do it more independently and the negative self-talk was definitely strong I would go home and literally tell myself how can I do this on my own when I'm already struggling and there's a whole nother person helping me get through my shift. And so I feel like that was the biggest barrier I had when I was in orientation. But what really helped me a lot was just my preceptor and my other coworkers constantly 
telling me like it's okay to have you know these thoughts and it's totally normal everyone goes through it and you just have to really like trust the process because eventually you're going to get to a point where wow things are getting easier you're not you still have like a little bit of anxiousness but it's a healthy kind of anxiousness it's it's a type that keeps you accountable and keeps you on your toes and it's not necessarily weighing you down and making making you fear everything that you do um and then just speaking about it to my um supervisor who checked in on me a lot or she checks in on all our new grads a lot because she understands that our floor is very heavy and um, it's really, I guess there have been new grads who have not, you know, lasted <laughs> because it was really overwhelming. And so she does her, she does a really great job of checking in and making sure that we're okay, like mentally and emotionally. Um, and so just having that extra support was also really great. Um, and I guess like for me, the other thing was do building my own routine, like knowing how I want to do my med passes or knowing how I want to start off my assessments, how to greet patients, how to enter the room and like, you know, do things in a way that worked for me without worrying about messing up or forgetting something because that can easily be fixed afterwards. And I think just being able to practice that over and over again and getting a little bit more memory muscle uh, muscle memory um, keyed in. Um, and yeah, just repetition really helped and a lot of reassurance. Yeah, well, those are really, really great tips and super insightful. One thing I like super related to that I didn't, I wasn't really even thinking about this until you said, and I realized, oh my gosh, me too, was I also used to really go and ask people to double check my IV fluids like all, when I like first started, like not so much now and I'll tell you why, but when I first started nursing, like in March, 2020, I was, IV fluids made me super nervous. And I'm just saying this in case like someone else out there feels that way. Like you're not alone. Like yeah, I definitely so, not. <laughs> it's so intimidating because it's going into this human. You are yeah. directly inserting something into their veins, like into the insides of their body. Like they're, they have the choice to swallow it. They're not like swallowing anything. You're just putting it there. Um, and then, you know, it's a tube and if you don't prime it right, there could be air in it. And it's just like, and you have to program it correctly <laughs> so that it goes in at the right rate and you have to make sure it's the correct fluid tape. There's so many different things that could go wrong. Um, and it took me, I was getting frustrated with myself for how long it took me to be okay with my IV fluids not in turn like I knew how to do everything I was doing everything right but I was so nervous about it all the time um and I think two things have helped me with getting over that and one is really knowing my protocol and my policy about things um and having a really good foundation of getting preceptors to talk me through it like a number of times like one time is not enough two times is not enough I'm talking like I would ask people to pull me aside and just talk about IV fluids grab a pump from the supply closet and just like practice with it um so that when I go in with a patient I know I did this according to policy I did this as I was taught this nurse, um, Sarah, who precepted me has been doing this this way for years, I did it her way. 
So I didn't do it wrong because I did it the way I was taught. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, honestly, I'll still ask someone to double check something if I'm nervous about it. No shame. I'd rather Mm -hmm. make sure my patient is safe. So those are kind of like the two things that I think just time too. time is the third. The first few times, it's really freaking scary because of everything that I described. But when you Mm -hmm. go to work and you deal with IV fluids day after day after day after day, at the end of the day, there's still IV fluids and no one to do. So (laughs) that's how it's gotten better. Um, Anyway, I want to transition to your transition from orientee to new nurse. And I know your story. I know little bits of it was, um, it was an especially scary day for you. Um, And I'd really love to hear you tell the story yourself. Yeah. um, So the, the, my first week working by myself was really interesting. Um, On my first day, wasn't, Actually, the day I took care of my first COVID patient, it was the thir- my last day of that three-night stretch. And so that first week prior to starting, I was already really nervous because of all the things that could happen. I was just projecting it in my head. And it was really hard to not think about it. Um, but when I started, I made sure that um, all my coworkers who I was potted with was okay with me, like bo- bothering them with questions every five seconds because it's my first you know, night working by myself and essentially just like trying to get myself going. Um, I took care of fairly, they start you off with fairly stable patients. Um, And unfortunately, by the end of that, the three night stretch, that's when I, one of my patients wasn't doing too well. And I got to experience my first ASAP or some people called it like a rapid response. Um, and that in itself was really scary. And then that same night, I got to admit my first COVID patient. And I was already so distraught that <laughs> I was going through an ASAP. Um, and then now I'm taking care of a patient who was COVID positive when I was still like a brand new nurse. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And all I could think about is why would they give me this patient who's COVID positive when there's a lot more other experienced nurses who could probably take care of this one patient much better than me. But in a way, I'm kind of really glad that that happened because my COVID patient was fortunately pretty stable and he was just in for monitoring. Um, And that's what's great about being still a PCE unit is that we can, you know, have him on telemetry and monitor him closely without him needing anything else other than that. Um, And so I feel like that interaction kind of eased how I viewed COVID patients initially, because um, before that, all you heard were the horror stories of how these patients were super sick and how um, it's really easy to get exposed because, you know, proper PPE isn't available and and all those things kind of run through your head. Um, But he was really nice. Um, I still remember his name to this day because I <laughs> was so scared to get him to the point where I cried to my charge and I literally asked her, I was like, is there like any way that I can't, like I can like dodge this admin? <laughs> and she <laughs> and she was like, it'll be okay. Like I'll be here to help you. We're all here. And I told her like, okay, it's fine. You know what? We're going to get through this. After this night, I'm free. Like I'm off for a few nights. I can relax then. And yeah, when I admitted him, everything was super straightforward. I just, it was my first time wearing the full on 
you know, PPE with my N95, my face shield, my gown, double gloved everything and um, <laughs> being in what I call like an astronaut suit. Um, and so that was, I would say like that, that was the best way I could have initially had my first interaction with a COVID patient. And that v helped ease my mind a little bit. And then uh, the whole, you know, chaos with my rapid response finally was um, taken care of. And um, I definitely was like in a state of like shock after my rapid response had ended and we were able to transfer the patient safely off the unit. Um, but thankfully, again, a lot of my coworkers checked in on me and I was able to debrief. And I think just having that time to debrief on that in itself helped me kind of like unload everything and process it a lot easier and um, go through the motions of, okay, I was able to do things in a way like per policy and how I was taught and I covered my bases and there was nothing more I could do. Like this patient just wasn't doing well. And so that's why we had to call the rapid response and that's why they were transferred off the unit. Like it wasn't my fault. And just repeating, <laughs> repeating these thoughts to myself over and over again to give myself reassurance and um, having like my charge nurse there essentially feeding me that same the same thought process was also really helpful and so yeah it was a hectic first week but I would say that because of that I kind of things phase me a little bit less like I'm I'm nervous about things a little bit less because I know it could be worse okay so wow <laughs> first of all just wow um what a night you had mm -hmm. how did you feel going home I felt super numb <laughs> like I remember on the drive home I just kept staring off and thinking like oh my gosh that that actually happened like I one of my patients was crashing basically and I admitted a patient that had COVID <laughs> and I think like because now I take care of COVID patients all the time it doesn't really phase me as much but like your first interaction with that is, it was super intimidating because all you hear on the news is how scary COVID is. And now you're the person literally on the front lines care, taking care of patients who have COVID. And it was really scary, but also it's like, okay, like that just happened. Great. <laughs> What's next after this? And yeah, just feeling super numb. <laughs> Were you like nervous about bringing it home that morning and I asked because I am lucky that I'm on a NICU so most like all of and we're in a hospital that has like labor and delivery in the hospital so all of our babies don't ever go to the outside world when they come in and if they do they're always put in isolation but for the most part all of our babies never left the hospital so they don't have COVID so we don't you know, directly take care of COVID patients as of when we're recording this, at least on my unit. Um, but sometimes they will have like, just like there's a potential risk of exposure somehow. Honestly, sometimes I just get nervous, even if no, even if I don't have coworkers with COVID, but just if someone brings in a plate of cookies and I eat a cookie for the plate of cookie, I'll like go home because I live with my parents. And as I'm driving home, I'm like, Kelsey, what did you just do? You know, you don't know who else touched those cookies. And if they wash their hands, what if you just caught COVID and you're bringing it home to your parents? What are you going to do? And I have like 
had that anxiety like ball during my drive home. So I can't even imagine how I would feel and how you must have felt. And I don't know, maybe you weren't that way because it does sound a little nutty now that I'm saying it out loud. But um, <laughs> I don't know how you felt coming home and wondering if you could have exposed yourself to COVID. Oh, yeah, I was definitely nervous. Um, it was actually, I think it might have been like a couple, a night prior to this, uh, to me taking care of my first COVID patient. Our charge nurse had sent a message out to everyone, to all my coworkers on our group page about how our floor is now officially going to be taking on COVID patients because our initial COVID unit is like full. And so, and I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, what are the chances of me literally getting a COVID patient the next night, right? And so it happens and I freak out and I do go home um, to uh, where I live with my family also. And my grandma lives with us and she's super high risk. So I definitely feared accidentally bringing it home and like getting them exposed. Um, and so shortly after, I would say like maybe the weekend after getting off that three in a row, I basically told my parents like, I need to move out because I don't want to accidentally, you know, bring COVID home and get you guys all sick. And even though it sounds a little like like me overreacting because there's obviously lots of nurses who still live at home who are able to like safely keep themselves safe and their family. Like I just didn't want to take that risk, especially with my grandma being super high risk. And um, so I ended up wait, I spontaneously just, just moving out. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just, I don't think it's overreacting at all. And I also <laughs> think that no one should be in any position to be judging you for whatever decision you make because you directly take care of COVID patients. So you need to do whatever it is that you need to do to make that okay for you and for your family. So like, I don't know, like don't even preface it with anyone, (laughs) any, like next time you talk about it, like no one should be judging you for that. Right. I feel like like that was common sense or like, I feel like it made sense to me to like make this choice to move out to keep my family safe. But in a way, like, I also felt, I felt like, am I going crazy? (laughs) Like, is this like a, like a, one of those like moments where you just do something without thinking about it. Um, But looking back on it now, like, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I was able to like move out and kind of isolate myself from them because now I'm really not taking chances. You know, like I, there's no risk that I'm giving them. And even like, I've already built my own, like, after shift routine where I actually change out of my scrubs and I stick those scrubs in a in a bag before I leave the hospital and I change into my civilian clothes and then I go home and I shower like I have my whole decontamination process because you can never be too careful with that um but yeah really just having to spontaneously move out of my house like in a really like fast period was um really weird like I've been living at home my whole time my whole life and so for me to move out like spontaneously was a huge transition in itself um and thankfully like we I was able to find like a place to stay at um with with such short notice um and it like the biggest barrier to that I think was just feeling displaced at first like not feeling like I have a home because I moved out but now it's gotten better and I'm slowly like just you know being more flexible with all the changes happening and kind of just playing it by ear as to like what I should do next. Wow. 
That's so mature for of you and like such a huge journey for you to be going on at 22. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping it here. Clearly, there is so much more that Mary and I have to get into and to talk about. And she tells me some really incredible things, shares some awesome stories about what her experience has been like going forward as a regular full-time nurse who takes care of COVID patients. And um, it was just really incredible to talk to her. But I'm going to leave it here, give you guys time to listen, to process, to digest all of this. Um, And stay tuned because I'm going to just go ahead and release the next one next week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope that you liked it. I want to reach as many new nurses as I can, so it would mean so much to me if you could follow and interact with us on social media at Registered the Podcast on Instagram and share this show with any new nurses you know who may be interested in being a part of this community. If any of this resonated with you, please subscribe on whatever you're listening with, either Apple Music or Spotify. I really want to deliver content that is helpful and meaningful for you, so please leave a review um, so I know what you liked and what else I can do to make this resonate even more with you. Finally, if you're interested in sharing your story, there is a link in our Instagram bio at Registered the Podcast for you to fill out with your information so I can contact you. Thanks so much. Can't wait to hear from you.